to win because you trained hard, not because the guy fucking. We are live. Episode 103. The long-awaited episode 103 of Menace in the Mask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hit 100 before the new year, and then we took a little... Oh, my God. Then Dennis had his little COVID scare. Just life. Just life started coming at us hard, Dennis. Yeah. You had a little bout? Yeah. A little bout? A little bout with COVID? He had a little bout with COVID. Oh. Hey, Greg, turn your mic towards your mouth. It's, like, directional. You'll get everything you say. I have a cold up touch. Why? You did not have a little bout with COVID, Dennis? Hippa, hippa, what do you mean? Man, I mean, we can get into that after we get rid of... After Greg goes, oh, get, get, get rid of me. <laughs> Once we get rid no, of you. I mean, you gotta go. You gotta go fucking teach the boys how to spar. It's our, it's our fault on our end. My, but, uh, my fault, Dennis, you could say it. Hey, long story short, Greg yes. was gonna go to Hawaii to visit my brother. Fucking... I took five, four tests in five days. Three of them came back negative. One, the one that counted came back positive and i was in la i had to drive back across the country because you can't fly if you have a positive and like so now i'm in talks with the task people like yo you you fucked me i cost me this much to get across the country you better come through and they're like it's it's looking pretty good so so what happened you went or no i did not go you drove back yeah i did the same thing who said that for for uh the Burns Usman one was supposed to happen. Woke up, got a test, drove across the country, which I always wanted to do, but I kind of want to plan it. Like I didn't just want to wake up and yes. We got to drive across the whole country today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you were in. You were at Burns we Usman in you Vegas. Just positive. Somebody did the day we were uh, Gilbert and Wagner broke up, and then we all jumped in the car, drove the closing car all the way back. Man, so yeah, let me just get this a little closer. Get it out there. Yeah, it's, it's. I was yeah. I would definitely. I've I've drove across the country twice. Once from Miami to L.A. and now from L.A. to New York. What did I tell you, party boy? Yep. You know, I got the beer. We uh, we probably spent thirty six hour drive. We probably spent eighty or ninety minutes outside the car too. Really. Oh, you guys just like were go like how many how long to get? Well, they told us they told us we couldn't stop. I mean, stop for gas and that's it. But I don't know. I mean, who's they? uh, UFC. Okay, bro, weren't they kind of giving you that, Dennis? They were like, you know, if you get if you get stopped in another state, you're going to be in trouble. I was going off of like the scare tactic of the government where they're, you know, if you know you have a positive test and you're out and about, like, you can get fined, you know, anywhere from two to ten thousand dollars. I'm like, I don't have that to just throw away, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah, versus like quarantine in Vegas in a hotel room. I'm like, fuck that. No, no. I would much rather be in my. But did you actually test positive? I didn't. I didn't get a positive test until I got back. Huh? Man, so you had you had the COVID. So you were exposed to it. They said. Right. So that's why. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Didn't um. Was it you who got in trouble with Bellator? Come on, man. Why you got I'm just saying. All right. I, I, I asked you. If you had it, was it was you. 
I'm like, right before we went live, I'm like, Greg, is there anything you don't want to talk about? He's like, no, but I'm going to kick you. What would you say? I'm going to kick you under the table. No, it's not. I don't want to make light of it. But yeah. I, but even I, I was punished for breaking COVID. But you, you had a positive test or you didn't have a positive test? Not this. That was something different. Oh, yeah. But uh, so Henry. That was like a bullshit rule. Yeah. That was, um, that was a really busy time for us. We were on the road. It was Fight Island in Singapore. And I actually, whenever I got to Connecticut, was the second time I had seen Jason Jackson in like several weeks. Like the last four or five weeks of his camp, that was the second time I'd seen him. So we just went next door for the, uh, yeah. weight, a weight loss session. Hey, bud, how you doing? You got good? caught and got fined. And- but even in, we, we're seeing now, like, so something, the country's now opening up because I guess they got the result they wanted. So Florida was living right the whole time, but New York's <laughs> about to open up. California's about to open up. Chicago, because they got Trump out of book. So, and they won a couple of uh, seats in the house and whatever, but we don't want to talk politics. We got Greg Jones here, wrestling legend, Dennis Bermuda. Like I was saying before, tell me about the time, Dennis. Tell, he doesn't know the story. What happened? We're at the Navy Classic at 157, I think. Who were you wrestling? Had Yargi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In like the semis or something like that. Always great bouts. Yeah. Got, oh, yeah. Guys, I can't, I can't, it was you the Battle of Gas Tanks. Yes. Yeah, you guys fought like hell every time. Couple Mexicans going after, you know, <laughs> clubbing each other. Uh, he was definitely a more technical wrestler than me. I would, I would think. I was just kind of just bit. more broody, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, it was like, what was it? it? I was down by one. Go in the third. I shot. I had something, and you were like. No, two, no, two, and I was like, "Yes, like I have this." And the ref was like, "Nope," and like out of bounds, something that I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" And I ended up like wrecking his shoulder, where he was. He ended up DQing. Where I think we went, we, we might have went into overtime. I remember that. I, mean, I remember that. We were gonna go into overtime. Had I got the the two, right. and he couldn't fucking. I would have won. I was like, you motherfucker! And it's because Greg Jones was like, <laughs> I was like, nope, that is not true. And I was like, yep, you know what? I'm just a ref. I wish, I wish I had that much pull, Dennis. Bro. Hey, Yo, you might have. You might have. Bro, I saw that ref later, and like, I he must have saw like red in my eyes. I was like, you, because we were like, I think I was maybe going to the cafeteria or something like that, or, and he was just like, head down as he walked past him. You've seen that. I've seen it in jiu-jitsu tournaments where, like, you know, if your coach is Brazilian, because, like, the IBJFF, whatever it is, that's a Brazilian-run league. Nope. No take. No t- they go, you know, no takedown, no points, no back take, no pass, no nothing. I can see it absolutely happening in wrestling. I just help him out. What did Yargi, what was his highest a- accomplishment? Uh, he might have been around the 12 guy a couple times. But he um, he had a really good... Uh, he started wrestling like in the freshman in college, I mean, high uh, But he was trained at the church boys, church boys in uh, Valentin Kalika. 
coached him uh, in high school, so he went overseas with him a couple times. And uh, it's a really, really fun, fun wrestler. Actually, one of my favorite guys that uh, the coach actually he was so, so tough. It's it's wild in the sport of wrestling. Like you can just dedicate your life to like for like legit. You've seen it. Like one month fucking hard and listen to what everybody's telling you to do the right things and you'll go like this it's i mean if if there's room for that of course yeah 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 i mean i can't be like hey i'm gonna give it a month i'm gonna get like uh dake like no that you need but no i I know what you're saying before we went live i said to him that's what sir i got good from sir i sucked in high school i didn't wrestle long enough then when i wrestled with sir out of high school you get a good coach and it's like oh shit i now know how to do anything wrestling wise so like like i was talking to me and greg were talking about before like you know watching some of these professional athletes wrestle it's just like like that's you're you're a professional athlete where both one of those guys were like yo greg tell me what to do for this one month yeah and wait dennis oh my god what the fuck is ben asker doing (laughs) what is ben doing you sent me that today you said you gonna get paid, bro. He, I was, he oh, makes me like stutter. I can't even. His boxing's not good. When you train an MMA fighter today, I love Ben Askren. He's been on the show. He's one of our guys. But you want to tell if you're training a fighter, you want to go. You got to train your stand-up. You know why? You don't want to be Ben Askren. You don't want to go out there looking like Ben Askren. Who? Tell me a worse, bro. You know I love Ben Askren. Tell me a worse. Tell me a worse striker in the UFC. I'll wait. No name's uh, going to jump out. Who's the fucking guy I don't like? Hall. Ryan Hall's got better oh. stand-up than Ben Askren. Ryan Hall's got tricky listen, stand-up. Listen, I don't right? think... Yeah, yeah. I don't... I don't... I think you could put Ben Askren against Jake Paul and Jake Paul's best sport. I think he still wins. I think he's tougher and he's just more of an athlete where I and I, th- I also think he's a prideful man where like this is that's, the, that's probably the biggest thing yeah yeah I mean now I we've all seen pride destroy people sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean but good for him though he's never hesitated to put himself out there though no but he's never hesitated yeah. he, he, he walks in the fire let's say Stan where I feel like you're going with this like let's say he loses like okay I've got a fucking boatload of cash, and you know what I'm really good at? Wrestling. And nobody can take that from me, and I'll still be a legend. I still was a multiple champion, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and even like me and Greg were saying, he could probably go, all right, eight-round fight. I'm a super fucking athlete. I got to just take this guy deeper into the fight. He won't even know what to do rounds five, six, and seven. But there's that. Fight. Yeah, there's that if he gets there, you know, that actually is a real thing. Jake Paul is not that good, but he's big guy, hits hard enough. Ben Askren is not that good, like, either. So it's like, oh, this is actually... Yeah, but people had a hard hard time getting to his legs, right, because his hands. His hands were just fucking everywhere. People also had a hard time punching him because he would just be like... Do I want Ben Askren to win? Absolutely. Absolutely, but it's like one and of those. When ones. they tie up, if you don't think he's be pulling on his head, and Jake Paul will be exhausted. That's by... what I just said. Yeah, I said I to mean, Greg, he should. Jake Paul shouldn't, shouldn't box. He should just hand fight. Find a wrestler and hand fight. 
You're saying Jake that, Ball. That would be my approach. I would clinch. Jake. If I was Ben, I can't throw a punch to save my life either. Jake Ball. I, I know a guy. Walk forward and hand fight the heck out of him. I know a guy, Jake Paul. He'll work with you. You know, dirty box. Like, yeah, Paul, yeah. On the ropes, dirty box him. You win that fight. You dig your forehead in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I was like, saying. Be like mean. He's he's a mean man. You have to agree. Ben does find a way to win. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I I don't think Ben KOs him. I'm going to put that out there. Do you know what I wonder, too, is how much striking did he work on when he was fighting? Because he was probably so good at wrestling, yeah, so good at the grappling, yeah. that it's probably like, I don't really need to work at my striking that much because I'm going to do what oh, I do. Shows. Yeah, I'm going to. I got it. Greg, what were you, four years old then? You know, I can't remember. We had an overlap. I want to say two or three. Okay. I want to say two or three. Whenever and he was at a, a smaller weight class, obviously. I feel like Ben came in at 174 the year I moved up to 184, which would have been my junior. Okay. So I don't think we were ever in the same weight class. And even was that. He always the was he like I know like his junior senior year just like this guy. He just if you touch his leg, you're going rolling, and he's going to end up on top, or you on your back. Was he like that in like ninth and or his freshman sophomore year? Yeah, I think so. And I think I think he just got he's able to refine it more as he got older, you know what I mean? Um But yeah, the only guy that really figured out how to deal with it was Pendleton. Chris Pendleton was just a yeah. little bit better in some of those areas. Were you wrestling the same time that Mitch Clark? Is that your era? Nope. Uh Mitch Clark just teched my older brother in the NCAA finals in the first okay. period in two thousand. Okay. That would have been the year I graduated from school. 16 to 0. NCAA first period. Now, you know what's going on. Obviously, when you watch, you're like, damn, that sucks. You feel whatever. But, like, a couple weeks go by, like, bro, like, you want me to call, like, Clark to get over here? Or. Willie Saylor just posted that match last weekend on Twitter. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I said it to my brother. Because uh, what, what he did, he had a late turk in. Right, he swung the gate, shoulder blade half, side count, back over. He oh, never, he never, never let the figure four go, and they let him do it. And my, my brother was a good sport. He's like, yeah, I probably didn't say that. So, who was better? How, how good was your brother? He was good. He was very good, but obviously he, he wasn't. My my brother was uh, two time finalist, so he was two time runner up in the third yeah. place. Okay, um, so yeah. the middle brother, right in the middle. All three wrestled. All three. Yeah. So, was there a lot of fighting in the house growing no, up? No, we weren't allowed. We weren't allowed. We were, that, the worst thing we could do growing up is fight amongst ourselves in the house. There's five of us, small house, you know, things falling apart, you know, and we put each other through the wall and things going to be some Were you we, allowed to wrestle, like, with each other? In the wrestling just, room. In the wrestling room. Oh, you guys had a wrestling room? Yeah, yeah, right in the basement. Okay. So that's where I got started. Yeah. But if you guys were doing horseplay in the kitchen, the no, living no, room. No, not tolerant at all. Yeah. My dad used to come in with a broom. He had, and he would hit me and my younger brother with the with the with the metal side, the broom. And like so I'd be on top of my younger brother Jay and I'd hear my dad clicking the ground as he's walking. So I'd grab Jay and pull him on top of me. The only time he'd be on top of me is when my dad came. <laughs> I'd just pull him on like a shield. That's what his sister does. 
she'll beat the shit out of her and run, run right to me. And he, he's the bad one coming and attacking her for payback, you know? So he looks like he's the aggressor. So who we that. got here? Say, what's up, big dog? Hello. This <laughs> my little man here. He just finished his class. Now, did you go? Oh, so you, he's two weeks into wrestling now, right? Two weeks. Two weeks. What's your name? Grayson. Oh, I was great. Oh, Grayson. Grayson. I thought I was about to. Oh, so you are a little Greg, but Grayson. <laughs> but look, um, I got to run here. Uh, we got a, a trainer here for probably about an hour. If you guys still want to jump back on. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Hop in even for a minute because we want to get your take on Usman. No, nope. sure. I got you. But yes, let wrestling legend Greg Jones. Did you hear that? What? Is that G Fuel? Oh, why? They know G Fuel? You guys know G Fuel? Why, you know G Fuel? All kids. All kids in here. Yeah, they all know G Fuel. So, big G Fuel. We got to get a tub down the Sanford. Yeah, I was actually going to hit Sal up and be like, yo, Sal, just send me like a care package because I have people down here who want to try some G Fuel. All right. And then Sal's going to be like, yeah, go to Wawa and buy it. But Menace, it's good to see you, bro. How you been? Likewise. So I feel like it's been ages since we podcasted. Yeah. Well, the last one was with Gilbert, and apparently, even this one, my people are saying we have a little bit of background audio, but we'll work on it. What it is is we're in a big open room. I brought the better mics and stuff because I didn't want to go over four on podcasting in the state of Florida. But you know what you have to do though, because those mics are, you know, expensive, really good mics. You need to eat them. You- yeah. Your audio just completely cut out. Yeah, you just grabbed your mic and broke it. No, I hit the uh, the mute button. Oh, okay, okay. I, I tried to grab it like Mick Jagger. But yeah, Henry's here. They got sparring going on. I'm not ready to spar yet, but... So what's happened since the last episode <laughs> of... Like, Men- Stanley! Stanley, come. We need... I, I can't. I'm, I'm podcasting. I can't. I can't leave, Henry. Oh, even like, so we, I, I talked to Greg about it before. He was like standing right next to me when I got my nose busted open two weeks ago. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember now. And I was like, oh, so you saw that? Yeah. <laughs> but nah, man, this, we were talking to Greg about it or, uh, right before we went live, how you're going to get back into jiu-jitsu. I caught the bug again. I'm back. 100%. You got to do a full – look, I'm going to take a few pictures, and I'm going to do – I'm looking to do like a – What's it, Memorial Day? Like transformation? Transformation. Stan the Man is transforming. Dennis is transforming. And even I'm not – I don't want to fight again. I just want to get back in shape, just figure that shit out, get skinny again. And Dennis is going to become a jiu-jitsu champion. Possibly. Possibly. You might run into those people like Greg was saying that you're a trophy to them. Yeah, but hang on. Do you know how many people Greg was a trophy to? I, would, I didn't want to throw it out there, but I was going to be like, did you and Rashad ever wrestle again, like in practice or something? Like, how did he beat you? Not so, not throwing shade at Rashad, but like that's Rashad, you know? Greg was such a dominant wrestler in college that that's the win that it's like, how'd you lose to this guy? Yeah. Even though he's Rashad and he was a stud too, but like Greg was that good. Like, you know me, I know wrestling a little bit. I don't know all the yeah, names like you guys. The thing is when you're an All-American – you're as, as a multiple-time All-American. Like, you probably just didn't have your perfect day of a tournament become a national champion. You know what I mean? You were just slightly off or whatever. Yeah. Oh, game of disgusting inches. Yeah. yeah. Like, even what he say? His brother was a two-time finalist. That's got to be tough because you're like, I was so close. 
like uh, Pat. Pat was very close, your boy Durkin. But yeah, here at Sanford, we haven't talked or podcasted in a minute. The Max Holloway cater fight we didn't cover, we didn't go over. Yeah, well, we'll start there. We'll start there. We'll move. We'll, move, well, we'll even move about. the UFC, like, what are you doing, bro? Uh, you know, Dennis Bermudez beat Max Holloway. You mentioned that to me. You're like, you know, they basically were like, you know, he lost to Dustin Poirier, yeah. and then yeah, and then he went, and then he lost to Conor McGregor. It's like that. They they erased Dennis Bermudez from the history books. Like, what'd you do, Dennis? Yeah, they they I, they could give me a cool thing like lost to Dustin Poirier. Fought that lost to Desperitas, lost to Connor, and then like, I, then like a quick like, guys, I'm out. So like, you can't get that rematch back. But then you and you know Dustin fought. You won, beat Dustin. Even the fact that, like, just you beat Max Holloway. Like, why would they? That fight was a really good fight. Like when you go back and watch it, like people always say. I've heard a lot of people say, and I'm sure you've heard it. Like, oh, Max won that fight. Go back and watch it. No. First glance, maybe, because of the first round with the spinning back kick and shit, but you, second round, super competitive, you probably stole it. Third round, you were crushing him, and then I always say it, fifth round, he was not making it. That night, Max Holloway was not making it to the fifth round. Yeah. Granted, I'm sure, improved endlessly, but... Oh, for sure. But amazing performance against Calvin Cater. Everyone now is back on that Max Holloway hype train, like, yeah. Gil- like Gilbert said, even... He didn't think he really lost to Volkanovski, so but even so right now Volkanovski's about to fight Ortega for the title. Right. So now you gotta kinda think of because Connor made a comment like he wants to fight like seven times in the next two years or something like that. I'm God, like I don't know. I think you're talking crazy, but okay. But anyways, I mean if that's the case, then there's time to do a Connor Max Holloway rematch before one of the two of them compete for potentially for a, a 145 title. But what would be the like what's the fight right now, you know? Like Connor's not fighting seven fights in the next couple of years. He's in trouble right now. Like I like people are saying, I don't want to see like I don't want to see Max Holloway go back up to fifty five. He didn't look good there against Poirier. Poirier looked a lot bigger than him. Right. I'll, I'll watch him versus Max. I'll watch him versus Max. I, I'm him versus Alex every weekend. Volkanovski. Right now, my question is: Is does Max wait for the Volkanovski Ortega fight and fight the winner of that, or he beat somebody else? So, I mean, like I said, him versus Connor is a, is a super fight that could, you know. Put money in their pockets, and but Holloway's dangerous. Holloway's tough. He beats Max Holloway. Uh, he beats Connor. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying I'm saying do it this way for Max, not for like. Oh, you're saying you're saying let's get one more good one out of Connor. Let's make Max get Max this win back. You know, or get Max this win. I don't know. But I saw uh, even about Ben earlier, and Ben was saying that uh, the next move for Connor, if any, would be Connor versus Nick or Nate. You know what I mean? I mean, him versus Nick, take my money. Him versus Nate, I'll take my money too, and I want to see, but like. I, well, the thing is, is if he loses to uh, Nick, it's still like. 
I'm a con- not running for anything. It's just like I'm a Connor fan. I don't want Connor to go away. You know, I almost want him to be the guy that if he does fight once a year, give him the not winnable fight, but give him the five guy, the six guy, the Cowboy Cerrone. I don't think he's in the mix right now for the one, two, three. Like Poirier, that was a tough fight for him. Even though he beat Poirier the first time, Poirier's been more consistent the last couple of years. Poirier's changed a lot since the first fight. Like Poirier's probably made more improvements than Connor since the so first fight. So moving away from 145 for one second. So are you saying another fight for Connor could be since 155 the title? It's not set in stone, but Poirier make it say, said, "Hey, I want Oliveira next." Oliveira yeah. does deserve. A title fight. The dude's won eight in a row in like style. Yeah. You know what I mean, all stop. Marketable. All stoppages. He's marketable for sure, but like the UFC likes people that speak like awesome English and have this swag about them of some sort, you know? Uh, Which he does not. He has Brazilian swag. He definitely has yeah, Brazilian swag. I mean, swag. in Brazil, he's a, he's a superstar, I'm, a, I'm sure. But, uh, that's a market they want to do as a, as well, though. So that could happen. You know, yeah, they got. I don't think there's as much money in Brazil as there is in like America. No, but there's a market for them. Hey, hang on. Here's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, is pay per view sales. Yes. Who moves the meter? Yes. So, man, like we don't even. Where do we even start? Me and you. It's been forever, man. As I missed so, you. Bro. So, like I was saying, let me keep going. I just said I missed uh, you. I just said I missed you, Menace, and you were like, "Oh, anyway, let me, let me keep going." Anyway. But, <laughs> uh, so if Poirier's fighting Oliveira, does Chandler sit on the bench until the winner of that fight, or does Chandler fight? Connor? I, I am. Do you automatically get a title shot for beating up Conor McGregor? Is that so the, if, he, is the, if he finishes Hooker and then let's say he beats Conor? There's a conversation that you could almost go. How about Oliveira versus Chandler? Why is Port Poirier just fought to be got his title shot and did not win? Maybe and he, the winner of that gets Poirier. Yeah, because Poirier just went to war with Dan Hooker. Fight could have went yeah, either way. Oliveira, hang on. Who wins that fight? Oliveira Chandler? I'm in Sanford. I can't say Oliveira right now. But, you know, I, <laughs> I was I, thinking that. But I would, I'm going to say Chandler. I, I think it's. Like I told you, we were both going there. We were both like Hooker's a weird stylistic matchup. It's definitely going to be a tough intro for Chandler to get into the UFC calf kick and the range. And no, not at all. He fucking destroyed Dan Hooker. The ca- changed, got him on his heels. Yeah, like Henry was in here before, and I gave him the, oh, congrats, like, great work with the low kick, and I almost want to get Henry on once he's done with the class, maybe even, and be like, what what'd you, what did you do there? Like, what did you see? Like, because that's Dan Hooker's move. Like, you saw the Gilbert Burns fight. That's how he fucked, like, Gilbert up a little bit, was that calf kick, calf kick, and then it set up all these other punches and knees. And- I got an idea. What if you get a little, like video clip for the Menace of the Man page of like a little clip of like, hey, how do you defend that low kick? And then him give you like a quick little tutorial. Henry will be like, what do you, what do you want me to give it to everybody? What do you want me to give it out to everybody? 
Get the fuck out of my gym. <laughs> nah, even he's funny, but before I was like, hey, what's going on, coach? He's like, call me Henry. Call me Henry. Yeah, because coach is probably like a uh, an honorable thing. You're not. He didn't, he's never coached you, so. Hey, that's what are you talking about? <laughs> but you know, but yeah, Sanford. I'm back now, so I'm gonna train here. UFC gym. I have a friend who's there. I'm gonna try to pop into American Top Team. I don't want to say it out loud, but you know, bounce around some gyms, try to get the menace down here. Have you started training at all yet, or? I got primary school, so okay. I'm like, ah, I should probably get that. That's the last schooling I need before I become a stepper. And then I'm like done with school, and now I'm like on my way to become a lineman, you know? You know, there's just too much to do down here is what it is. Like everywhere Where, if else. I were to get hurt, I'd be held back. Oh. I have to wait like almost a year to catch the next class that would go through primary school. So I'm like, let me just – Buckle it down, get this Let done. Just, I mean, maybe I'll do some drilling or something like that, but yeah. so, first things first, I got to get my gi fitting me right. It's got to be perfect. Have you looked into this at all yet? I have the gi. The gis are here. I just need to. Oh, you have uh, the, Where'd you get the gis yeah. from? Amazon. Oh, you bought gis off Amazon? Yeah. I was going to try to get you a gi from a sponsor or something. I'm still very open to that. All right, so that's what I'm working on. Because what's better than two geese? The free geese, the free one, or three? <laughs> yeah, the free one. <laughs> free. I mean that that's a that's a that joke became twice as good. Yeah. Can I return these other ones that I bought now? Or? Well, no. I mean they get dirty. Yeah, similar to the way you have a couple of different pairs of gloves. You have a couple of different keys. But, but um, let's get into some more fighting. People don't want to hear about me or you. Or maybe they do. But, uh, so, Connor, Dustin Poirier, what did you think of that one? Yeah, I know you said you were a little in and out, right? You were sleeping yeah, at that was, point. I woke up early that morning. I had my kids with me. So, by the time the fights came, I was like – Nodding off, but I did see a good amount. Um, you woke up to AB like, let's go. I want my fucking money. 200 bucks. I want my money. And you're like, wait, you're my dad, though. Well, the thing is, is listen, I mean, I looked at me and you, I, we have gone back and forth multiple times. Where I'm like, dude, I think it's a different weight class. Dustin, you know, has more hydrated. I, he, he's a fucking bigger dude. Me and you have have gone back and forth with the pros and cons. At the end of the day, I was just like, ah. We, we talked about it. Connor made light, light work of Cowboy. You know what I mean? So I was like. He beat Cowboy before that fight even started. Like, right. You know, yeah. Cowboy was, was that wasn't. But fair. I mean, he had knocked Dustin out. So like, I wasn't sure how that was going to play in Dustin's head. Yeah, I don't know Dustin on that level. Um. But as a betting man, I was like, I think Connor. Every time I think Connor's going to win, he loses. Every time I think he's going to lose, it's the opposite. It's just like a real, like, what I think. So Connor just gets you. So now I got to wait for Connor's next fight, see what you think. And then I'm not going to, I can't, I would never bet on him again. And then bet the opposite. Like, even that, I was, we were talking about. Yeah, before. but you, that's not real. That wouldn't be real. But here, even before we went live, we were talking about how Chaz Skelly is such like a fight nerd and knows all the fighters. And then he was like, is Dennis like that? Greg asked me. And I was like, 
when me and Dennis go over a card, it's like I don't know him. I don't know him. I, I'm going with I'm going with that guy. Why? I like his name. He's got a cool name. And then you have the couple you know, and you're like, yeah, I think that guy's going to win. That guy's going to win. Chaz breaks down the fights, gets into, like, the undercard, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, so many things that, like, I have a bunch of little things that obviously pop in my head. One thing I saw, you know, I like the attractive women in MMA. Have you ever seen? Remember, we had Jessica Penne on, who I love to death, obviously. And we were like, oh, she's fighting Hannah Goldie. And I was like, oh, Hannah Goldie fucked up. Hannah Goldie's hot. Have you ever seen this chick? Uh. Yeah, it's very two very attractive women, Jessica Penne and Hannah Goldie. I'm very much looking forward to that fight. So, like, that fight card, whatever number they are, like, oh, they're, they're going to be the third bout of the fight. All right, so the main event on that card is number three. That's the fight I care about. <laughs> Bro, I'll send you the, her IG, and you're going to be like, oh, okay, who's this chick? She's like, in incredible shape, pretty blonde. And I was like, i never even seen this girl before in my life. She's a looker. You know, you know that's how I pick. So, <laughs> what do I do there? I flip a coin on that fight, or I guess I gotta go Jess. No, no chance. I'm, I'm joking. I gotta go Jess because obviously medicine the man, but it's a tough one. I'm, I'm rooting for Jess, but I don't. I like category. I do. I just, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I just know, saw it last night. She popped up on my feed. I was like, who the fuck is this chick? And then I was like, oh, this is the girl Jessica's fight. And then your heart went like, <laughs> no, no. And then when she beat, and then if she beat Jessica, we get her on. Like I knew you were gonna win that fight. I knew you were gonna win that fight. <laughs> where is she at? Um, I don't know. I, I saw her in Florida. That's where she came up on my feed. She was training with like Jillian Robertson and stuff. But oh, wow. I, I just I just thought I'd throw it out there. I know Menace likes you know. Every now and then they hear about an attractive female fighting in MMA. Why don't you uh, shoot a shot? Fuck up her game and try and hang out with her. She's married, has a kid. Uh, Again, really throw a wrench in there. Hook up with her, right? Call her husband, like fight night. Like, hey, nailed your lady. Go, go talk to her about it. She go talk like, to her about Jessica it. Jessica out of like rage. <laughs> yeah, I'll, be, I'll hit Jessica. I'll be like, I'm working on some things for your next fight. <laughs> Don't worry, fight night is gonna pay off. But, <laughs> but yeah. So even we'll bounce back to that. I don't know why the Hannah Goldie thing just popped in my head. But what happens now at 155? Khabib was flirting with. Uh, if someone impressive comes, someone who performs impressively, do you get any more impressive than Michael Chandler? Derek there and his speech at you saw his speech after the fight too yes that's what powerful what that's like his line what's up bro like i'm michael chandler's wait but then after all the fights khabib says nothing impressed him hear me out let's i don't think there's any chance khabib scared but let's say he was like Tough fight. He'd be like, nah, no one impressed me. Sorry, you guys all suck. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's done. So even Dana now has put out, if Khabib doesn't want to fight, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to make him fight. So the next move, UFC is probably going to make the next moves. And what's it going to be? Connor, and even that, what do you think could happen now for Connor? We could just, this, this is, 155 is crazy right now after this past weekend. Like, everyone's consensus was, the odds makers, most fight fans probably were like, oh, Connor's going to win. 
and Connor will be in the next title fight. Now it's like, so I saw Dustin Poirier posted, he was talking, like, posted something online to Eves Edwards, and he's like, hey man, I'm just like you now. I'm the uncrowned lightweight champion. Because remember how for a time, Eves was the uncrowned lightweight champion that never belt to give him. That's Poirier right now. Who's Who else is number one? Who was holding up the division when uh, Eves was? They, they scrapped the division. They scrapped the division. Like, I think they were oh, one of... Oh, because of, was it uh, WEC? No, because if I remember correctly, or someone, Force, a, fan or... Or, a fan or something could correct me, or on the next episode I'll have the rebuttal, but I'm pretty sure, remember, they had the... They had a 155-pound tournament, and the finals ended in a draw. And then I guess they didn't get good ratings or whatever, so I think they kind of like faded out the lightweight belt, and they were like, we don't even want it no more. But they were still having lightweight fights. And BJ Penn went to Japan, and uh, yeah, went to Japan, and a lot of their fighters went elsewhere. And number one and number two, or top five, was Eves and Josh Thompson. Then they fought that fight where Eves knocked them out. Yes. That, that was pretty much for the uncrowned champion and so it's funny that Poirier throws that up and like it's like oh I'm the uncrowned lightweight champion because they're boys you know uh yeah that's uh Poirier style Doug Jitsu yeah Doug Jitsu Doug Jitsu is he down here in LA I should probably even try to link up with Eags if he's down here right now um yeah, I don't know where he is because I hit him up when I was in LA like you around and he was like, nah, I'm out of town because of COVID. Like, locked down. I ain't trying to be there. Yeah, last time we had him on, I think he's in, like, he's hiding out or something in uh from COVID in Maryland or Washington or somewhere like that. Like, somewhere. Because I know he used to live in Texas, but I don't know. Yeah, you got to go to one of those states now. So, Texas, Florida, I think maybe Kentucky or something are open, but everywhere else is shot right now. Shot. But even back to 155, how about this? How about Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson? Both coming off a loss. Both superstars. Both big names in MMA. Long were, were they ever supposed to fight? No, no. Talked about maybe or offered, but they used to have to say management company and just I think Tony left the management company because the way Connor was treated and the way he was treated, and like Connor was a big, like, sticking point for him in leaving. So there's definitely some animosity there. There's definitely some storyline there. They're both coming off the loss, and they're both, like I said, huge superstars in MMA. Both very important in the 155 landscape right now. So it was actually my cousin that brought that up, and I was like, yo, that's. That's the fight. That's the fight to make. I think. Connor, I love it. Connor versus Tony Ferguson. Let's do this, Dana. I think, I think that's the most winnable fight for Connor, unless he goes to ten to fifteen. You know, like gets out of that top. That top ten is scary for coming off a loss. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of guys like on the come up right now. Let me get it up. But one fifty five definitely got shooken up. Oh, and even so, another thing like we talked about in the past, how I always said I thought Connor looked bigger than Poirier in the first fight. What'd you think this fight? A lot of people, one, I, I thought Poirier looked a lot bigger than him. He's got a big rib cage. I thought he looked like, like thick core. He looked like thick or like solid. Connor has bigger legs, 
But just like and Connor's a little more cut up, if you will. But yeah, he looks- I don't, I don't know about that because Dustin wears like shorts. It's hard to tell. Yeah, but I don't think you're wrong though. But when I saw that, I didn't even say it. Someone I was watching the fights with was like, "Bro, I watched your pod. Like, I remember your podcast. You said that he definitely looks bigger than him right now." And I was like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe." And then when they started moving around, I was like, "Yeah, he does. I think he does." So, great weekend of fights. Michael Chandler, what an amazing performance. So the crazy thing, too, is we were the day when I trained at Sanford, that was a combination they were working. Like, that was the combination for the day. You know how Henry will start with a combination, and then he keeps adding, and then he keeps building on it. That was the combination. That was one of the combinations, that two and a hook to the head. Now I was like, oh, so I drilled it a bunch of times, and then obviously this guy's doing it right, and guy's doing it really good, Michael Chandler and Gilbert and shit. And then to see... Like the same way we talked about the calf kick. We could have Henry be like, Henry, show us that combination. Show us the calf kick. How'd you break down the calf kick? Right. Like, and even I don't want to be like, Chandler, you didn't do that. Henry, who did it? I, w- I wonder who came up with that. Like, who figured that out? Just very good at what they did to defuse the calf kick. Amazing. Amazing. And then you we- also, like, studies a lot of tape and, right? Yeah. I heard that. Who? Chandler. I think Chandler's crazy. Yeah, like Chandler's probably like like obsessed with you when he's fighting you. Like knows your every move, blah, blah, blah. I could see that. I've never really heard how he is. We got to get him on the show. You got to just slide in those DMs. When I talk to him, that fight came together quick. So like the day that I even talked to Chandler here and I was like, yo, you want to come on the podcast? Blah, blah, blah. That day, the fight got booked or announced that he was fighting Hooker. And it was, I was like, oh, shit. That's no, too- usually, you know, like a, for like a week – yeah, actually hits hard, you know. Well, he was supposed to fight. Though the talk was that he was on that day fighting Gaethje. That's right. And then all of a sudden, it wound up being Hooker. Get, apparently, the rumor, like uh, they said, like Chaz and Gilbert said, it's going to be probably Gaethje versus Oliveira. And then, well, that's something that was rumored. And then the other, the title fights. Khabib's not coming back to fight Dustin Poirier. Unless he's on some humanitarian shit and he's like, I'll come back and fight you again, Dustin Poirier, and I'll donate all my proceeds to your charity or something like that, which would actually be amazing. Imagine if he did that because then he'd be like, let me show you something, Connor. What'd you donate? 500K? Right. Here, here's 10 million, Dustin. Go save the world, you know? <laughs> no, but uh, Khabib has a bunch of like – uh. A bunch of fucking like donation funds and charities and whatnot. Charities, yeah. shit. I couldn't fucking find that word. Um, I think Connor does too, but I think he just saw like a good opportunity and maybe genuine. I think Connor was genuine. Like so. Oh, even this. That was a way different Connor McGregor. Like you talked yeah. about it. I remember Lafleur saying it. I've heard BJ Penn say it. I've heard a lot of fighters say, "Kids, kids can't change that killer instinct." You know, they humble you a little bit and make you a little softer, if you will. Yeah. Connor, that could have been Connor's not that same guy. But it was it was definitely refreshing to see this mature side of Connor. Wasn't the entertainment though. Remember how great Connor Yeah, but I was I'm not gonna say in line. I was on the edge of my seat, like waiting for it. 
And the, I still was like in, in anticipation. And then when it didn't happen, I was just like, and the girls never showed the girls never came. But then like the next day I'm like, I was looking for some, some witty one liner or something to laugh about, you know, the fight fan in you was like, go Connor, say something stupid, say something crazy. The dad in you afterward was like, good dude. Like, I like that. You know, he's humbled. He's fucking better now. Not, not the dad in me, the like, probably more of the fighter in me. Well, do you, do you see Fighters that? Fighters are generally pretty like modest and, you know. Did you see that one thing at the press conference? They asked, like, are your kids going to be watching? They asked Connor, Chandler, Hooker, and Poirier. And it was just crazy to think, like, yeah, all four of these guys, you've seen them fight, you've seen them be killers, now they're all fathers, and they're all, like, all over social media, all over the what internet. What were the answers? Um, Chandler said his kid's not watching. Connor was like, my kid's watching, won't be at the arena. Dustin was like, my kid will be sleeping, but she knows what I do. And Dan Hooker was like, my kid will be watching, my kid will be screaming, like my kid will be all about it. So nice job, Michael Chandler. You beat the guy up in front of his kid. <laughs> Fucked him up. <laughs> yeah, man, that was one of my I, – I think my kids watched like back home. But to bring them to an arena, I was just like, you know, they were pretty young when I fought, but just. Didn't they come to the last one? Added pressure. Did they come to the last one or they didn't come to any? No. Didn't I to thought any. about it. But it was just added pressure that I was like, let me do this. And then it was Chandler who kind of said, like, you know, this is Conor McGregor next to me. You know, I respect that. I'm sure he's changed and become a better man. I said something along those lines. And, that's the thing, too. Like, Chandler's got to be – he's not the bad boy. He's not Conor McGregor breaking windows and smashing phones and stuff like that marketability. But as far as, like, the straight-edge crowd and humble and, like, good working – you know, that crowd. Yeah. Michael Chandler all day. Like, put that – Role model. Put that guy on the Wheaties box. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, put that guy could be that type of role model athlete. Like, I almost feel like I don't want to – maybe waste too much time in Bellator, you know? Like that's a, that's the UFC's dream marketability wise, I think. Yeah, just me. Uh, just me. Their dream marketability. Yeah. Is Connor? Is, what do you mean? Is Connor? But I'm saying the the flip side of that coin. Like they want both, probably. You know what I mean? I would think because Chandler could talk. That's what I'm saying. Like you get those guys who are cringy, and it's like, oh, you know, God and my family and blah blah blah. Chandler could talk. He talks about that type of stuff, but then he also has like you know very analytical breakdowns on how he'll beat guys and how he sees fights going in. So. Right. Big big fan of the guy. Big fan of the guy. But like we yeah, talked about, we thought that was a tough fight for him. And then I told you last minute before the fight, I went hard on Chandler because I saw the nine losses and I was like, I always think of what you said. You watch the losses and you that's how you figure out how to beat someone. Yes. No. Well, just the, the fact that you can – Allow a loss. Yeah. If nine people. Right there, that's the thing. That's how I used to look at people's records. Like, hang on. This guy, hang on. This guy has nine losses. This guy's accepted defeat. Yeah. And there may have been at least a handful of them that were like. Questionable. His control. Yeah. Or questionable. The calf kick time. Where he went like, yeah, it's don't have it in me. I just can't. You know what I mean? We're like. 
Someone like Khabib, he doesn't know what can't means. It doesn't even register. Like so, Khabib's leg would have had to be completely broken, but the ref's like, "You're like, you can't stand on here. I gotta end this fight." What do you think? Do you think Khabib's coming back? No, I'm just saying. Like, for example, like I know I was fucking thrashing my lead leg. My mindset: I'll fucking get on my knee and my hand, and I'll fucking we'll take this fight somewhere else. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I was almost going off topic there, if you will. Do you think oh, Khabib? Yeah. yeah, do you think Khabib's coming back? Because that seems to be the question right now. Like George St. Pierre put out a statement and said, Khabib's bigger than me. Something along these lines, not verbatim, was that Khabib's bigger than him. So they almost have to, I don't even know what he was saying, like give GSP more time for the fight or maybe fight at a different weight. I don't know what they were really, I don't know. I got to read whatever he was saying, but he was pretty much, he was pretty much. GSP was going to fight Khabib. GSP was kind of insinuating that the fight probably won't happen, and if it's going to happen, he needs more time. Which Khabib because Khabib is bigger than him. Because Khabib is bigger than him. Something along those lines. I'll find the exact verbatim. Um, and he said something like that, like Khabib is just better at fight, you know, better at cutting weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I GSP won't let the UFC lowball the shit out of him by approaching them for the Khabib fight. Morning report, GSP discusses lost fight with Khabib. So I, I guess he's now seeing the the fight's over or off. And then Khabib said GSP's the legacy fight, Connor's the money fight. But yeah, so I think uh, this might be done. I think Khabib retires. I'd love to see him versus GSP. I'd love to be proven wrong there, but I think, I don't want to say divas, but too high level of egos if you will or two it's two a sides you know what i mean that's a tough fight who's the other a side gsp and khabib yeah who's the gsp yes who's the other a side khabib i'm saying what do you mean he's ready to go no i'm saying like for that fight they probably both want like you know it's not like boxing where they get a 50 60 split or whatever or you know 60 40 it's probably just, no, I want my demands to be met. And then Khabib comes back, like, I'm fucking Khabib. I want my demands to be met. Like, I don't know if their legacies or egos will let them meet in the middle for that fight. I feel like Khabib would fight him in Canada. Yeah, like, but so Khabib's not going. Like I don't send location. Do you think Khabib would go GSP? How's 170 cents? Or would he go GSP? You make 155 and we fight. I don't know. Because I think that's the holdup right now. I've if, never seen Khabib fight. And here's the thing, too. We've talked about it. We need to get Dana back on once we, we're more situated with me in Florida. And me, or in, maybe next week when I'm back in New York, we should get, try to get Dana on. Make the 165-pound division. You could make the first 165-pound title fight. Khabib versus GSP. If either guy wins and retires right after the fight, the legacy with that belt is off to a great start. You know what I mean? Khabib's a double champion or GSP's a a triple champion. Like, there's no bad move there. What do you there. mean double and triple champion? Khabib was a champion at 155. Now he becomes a champion at 165. Oh, uh, okay. GSP goes 185, 170. Oh, that's right. He did win the title at 185. Forgot about that. Yeah, just – it's a real simple fix, Dana. Throw in the UFC's 165 division. The fight would have to happen at 170. No, 165. And we could do it as soon as 
February. Just Kamara Usman, you're promoted to the 175-pound champion. If after this fight you win, you can go be a double. You've won enough fights. We'll give you a 185 title shot or a 165 pound title shot if you think you can make it. Same thing for Gilbert. If you win, you're the 175 pound champion. Go defend the belt, and I think we need those other those one or two more. Like so, Khabib versus GSP. That's the problem right now. Is the weight and GSP going? I don't think I can make one. 55 or I can make it but it's going to be tough or Khabib's bigger than me like all these different scenarios just super fight new division super fucking championship belt 165 pound division to be honest with you don't really want to see a GSP fight why he's past his prime okay so even if just use the name GSP forget him past his prime you think, do you agree with me or disagree with me? That'd be a good scenario for them. Even if the business, guy. A bit, business wise, yes. I don't even, think you're wrong. Even if Khabib or GSP retire right after. Like, I know well, they, hang on. That, that, yeah, but to go, Kamara, you're the 175 pound champion right away. Like, what if he doesn't want to fight at 175? Then win the belt, win your next fight, and go fight at 65 or 85 and become a double champ. Like we've talked about this, we we I don't know why we didn't go there with Dana when we had him on. Boxing came first before UFC and MMA. What used to make boxers so marketable was he's a three weight world champion, he's a four weight world champion. It wasn't oh the guy's been a champion at one weight class, most marketable guy in boxing. Unless you're talking about like heavyweight Tyson, that's different. Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao. Give me other big names in boxing. James Tony, like this is uh, everyone other than a heavyweight. It's not, I was a champion in, in one weight class. Like Ryan Garcia, apparently, is about to move up and fight Pacquiao. We're trying to do it. It's always multiple weight classes. So that's what makes you marketable is six weight world champion, four weight world champion. What made Connor super marketable? Champ champ. I'm the champ champ. Do, do whatever the fuck I want. I'm the champ champ. Make some champ champs. That was amazing. And I would like to apologize. To absolutely fucking nobody. He's like, oh, I know I've made, I've, I've put you all through hell. I've ridiculed everybody, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this time to apologize. That's um, you ever see the TikToks where it says a video that lives rent free in your head? You never seen this? Mm-mm. Well, that's a video that lives rent free in my head. So I posted, I put, I, I posted it on TikTok. And like I told, oh, I, didn't, I don't even think I sent the message. I was going to write it, and then I didn't write it. I wanted to tell you, you should start making some TikToks, bro. Yeah, I got to sign on to our account and see T- how it works. TikTok was not made for Stan the Man. Maybe it was made for memes or something. TikTok was made for the Dennis Bermudez type. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have a look. And... Huh. So imagine that. I have downloaded it on my phone. I just haven't signed into it yet. Dennis Bermudez is going to be the next TikTok superstar. I feel it. The password and everything like that. I feel it. Next TikTok superstar. Is Paige Van Zandt fighting soon? Down here. Yo, maybe that weekend if we can get you down here. Be fe- when, when's school now? What would you say for school? February 1st is three weeks. So February's. <sighs> All right, so you can't come. It's, I think she fights February 5th or 6th. Oh, so like yeah. not this weekend, the following weekend. Yeah, I think next weekend, yeah. She's fighting. Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend. Super Bowl weekend. And I think Tampa or a couple hours from where I am right now. And I was like, oh, maybe I'd go to that, but I think I might be in New York for it. But 
My, my man Johnny Bedford's on it. Johnny Bedford's going to fuck somebody up, I imagine. I think he's the co-main event. And what, Paige is the main? I think so. I mean, that's the biggest gift. that Paige is fighting, I think you would like her. I do like her. I do like her. She, what, she's my speed, as you would yeah. say? Yeah. So it's like 50-50 when, when Dennis Bermudez goes, Hey, Stan, you'd like her. She's your speed. It's either she's a fucking train wreck. And he's like, you like her? I'm like, no, I don't. Like, you know, or it's, she's actually attractive. Or it's like an IG model. Or it's an, yeah. Like the line is very fine that you walk with that. <laughs> like she, she's your speed. She looks like a crackhead, Dennis. She's your speed. That's the hottest girl I've ever seen, Dennis. Yes, that's every man's speed. What is it? Britain Hart. Britain. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I just saw the flyer on like Johnny Bedford's. Bro, even so me, me and Greg were talking about like obviously me and Greg almost had a conversation on podcast before while I was even setting things up. Yeah, I know. And then we were saying how fighters need something to do after fighting. And then I was yeah. and then I was like because we were talking about you, obviously, and how you're a lineman now, and you had the right mindset of fighting's not going to last forever. I could still ride this till the wheels fall off, probably take some brain damage, probably get a little fucking beat up in the long run, but I'm going to go do this. And Greg was saying that's something they want to do here at Sanford eventually is figure out like a program, if you will, or figure out the steps like a fighter can have to get into something like that. And then I brought up BJ Penn, and we were both like, oh, my God, like – that's a guy who I guess. Can you I, hold that for one second? Either we wrap this thing up shortly, or I gotta go to the bathroom. What kind of what kind of bathroom? Number one. Okay, yeah, go go handle that, and then think back of how we're gonna talk about BJ Penn when he comes back. But yes, BJ Penn. Don't know what he was thinking. DUI or something. Driving under the influence. You hate to see that for anyone, let alone. A guy you thought was, you know, this amazing fighter and one of the, at one point was one of the best to ever do it. And then he tarnished his legacy by continuing to fight. Now he's always getting charges and shit. I'm sure he's doing drugs and fuck, we got to hang out with BJ. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, we got to get him on the show. Dennis was supposed to go to Hawaii, but failed a COVID test, caught a case of COVID, right? We could have. You could. You were going to Hawaii. What you were hitting up Diego? Oh, well, you were hitting up Diego to meet him in um, New Mexico. Yes. When you first did that, I was like, "Oh, is he trying to get BJ?" Because Diego and BJ are friendly from when BJ came to Jackson's. Right. So that's what I well, thought. I was. Yeah, I was in my head. I was like, man, if I hang out with Diego, I'll probably see some other cool, like, you know, people and shit like that and shoot the shit. I I was also like, Diego's a great guy, but I don't, there's a couple, there's one, there's like one or two Diego's. I was like, oh, yes, my friend, like, or like, Dennis, kill you. Dennis, we going to strip club. Yeah, and I was like, I got my lady with me. I don't know if he'll, oh, nice girl, I have go. Whoa, Bro, no. how great would it be if we went to New Mexico and we did a podcast out of that strip club? Wow. And I got to be like, Cinnamon, are you the one with John Jones? Get in here. <laughs> Get in here. So Sit down. Strong was was John Jones' grip when he And then it's like Sit, and then it's like, Sit down right here. Right here. <laughs> I got a spot for you. 
I don't do that. And then you just go like this with a couple of ones. And she's popping. Yeah, they're right here. Right here. Right here. But that's I, I'm pretty sure that's the same club that he got in trouble at too, Diego. Yeah, you said that. No, remember, he said it. Remember, we were like, when we had Diego on, we were like, it's kind of a gray area. We won't talk about it. And then he came out. We're like, I hit the guy with my gun. You know, we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> What'd you do? You went back for your gun and then hit the guy? All right. Yeah, that's cool. We were going to ask you about that, but... But yeah, no, so I'm giving you my COVID story. Go for it. I'm supposed to visit my younger brother in Hawaii. He's been there for a couple of years, hounding me. Come, you know, when are you gonna come? I'm gonna come. Coast Guard. Yes. So me and my lady, we take a company called Vault. We take a Vault test, which is you zoom with Vault. You spit this little tube. They tell you like what package to put it in. Wait, they watch you. Sp- wait, wait. You spit in it. You don't swab yourself. Yeah, you spit, spit, spit. Okay, continue. You got to fill this vial up pretty good. You spit it right. They watch you seal it, whatever, and they're like, "Okay, mail it." I'm like, "I'm taking it right to UPS right now." So it's eight a.m. on a Wednesday. I overnighted it. I'm at UPS at nine a.m. Overnight package. The lab is in New Jersey. So, in the thing, the lady's like, yeah, we'll probably have your results by tomorrow night, Thursday night. So, we're like, all right, cool. So, Christmas was Friday, nothing. So, we're like, all right. My brother tells me that when he did his vault test, that he got his results on the way to the airport. So, we're like, okay, let's go to the airport. So, our flight was Saturday. We... um. We get to the airport at 4 a.m. So you fly out of New York. You fly to Hear me out. We Yeah, we get to LaGuardia at 4 a.m. for a 6.30 flight. We then were kind of waiting for our results. We don't get our results before 5.30. So we tell them like, hey, we got to rebook our flight because, you know, we don't have the results to go to Hawaii. So we're not going to, you know, so – the lady goes, well, there's a testing lab down in the garage here. We have our own COVID test here at LaGuardia. So we're like, okay, because on the Hawaii website, it says airports. I guess it was a specific airport. Anyway, so we go down there. We take the PCR test. We'll get our results on like Monday. So we're like, all right, cool. So we're driving home. We're not going to Hawaii on Saturday, right? So we're driving home. My brother's wife is like, uh, are you sure? that What's the name of that lab? So we look it up. She's like, it's not on the Hawaii thing. So that, that test doesn't even count for us to go to Hawaii, right? So my brother's wife's trying to figure out the fastest way to get us to Hawaii. She's going, she goes, there's a 24-hour test at a JFK but they don't have availability till Tuesday. And we, me and my lady already had these days off, so we want to try and capitalize. She does some more research. She goes, there's a 24-hour lab test out of L.A. You guys can fly out tomorrow, take the tests at 3 p.m., and then fly out Monday to Hawaii, and you'll gain an extra day back. So we're like, okay. So we uh, – Get on the plane. United is amazing, by the way. Right? 
they're definitely and better I didn't than American. know how COVID worked with flights. You know, I didn't, I, I don't know, like there's restaurants or space. So I'm thinking maybe it's just going to be me and my lady in this section of three. So my lady grabs a seat, you know, and then I'm sitting next to her. And then like, you know, when someone's walking down, they're looking at like their seat that's next to you. You're And you just know that and you give them like, yeah. All right. So you get out, right? Let him in. This guy had on like a fur jacket. Bleach blonde hair and like a, a red glitter mask. I'm like, oh, yeah. And my lady looks at me. She goes, like, you you want me to sit next to him? She goes, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this guy was, I'm assuming he was, you know, play for the other team. Yes. Damn. Uh, but with that, he just. I don't know how to put it. Like he felt like, uh, yeah, like you know, I'm this way, so I could do like I, I'm able to do things because, like, listen, like this is how I am, you know. So everyone, you're supposed to like, you know, if you take a sip, you just kind of like lift your mask up, you know, or kind of put food into this mask. This guy's like, how am I supposed to eat with a mask on? Like, like I just mask completely off. My lady's like. He needs to put his mask on. I, I mean, I don't really, I'm just like. Yeah, please. Oh, fuck. You know, just like, whatever. So, and then this guy would be like coughing here and there. I'm like, yo. You know, anyways. So we get to LA. Me and my lady take the, uh, the COVID test with a company called Carbon Health. Right now, me and Carbon Health are having a problem. If they don't come to my demands, I'm going to be posting about how carbon health fucking sucks every damn day. Anyways, so we go take the, the test. We, uh, My brother has like my sign-on information, right? So me and Molly pass out. We were ready for our flights on Monday. My brother calls us at midnight like, you're positive. We're like, whoa. Like We woke up out of sleep. Like, what do you mean? He's like, you're fucking positive. I'm like, and my lady's like, who? She's like, Dennis, he's positive. And my lady looks at me like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you came up positive. So I like sign on to the app and like, sure enough, says I'm positive. My lady's negative. I'm like, this is complete bullshit. My lady's like, <laughs> like I'm a goddamn zombie. Like, that's like infectious. Like, like spraying you in the face with Lysol. Yeah, <laughs> like make sure you wash your hands. Get on that side of the room. Mask on. Don't matter, touch anything. I'm like, I don't have COVID. And it's like, matter, like, matter of fact, don't even talk to me. Don't talk yeah, to me. I don't like, I don't have COVID, right? But then it started like them. Like, I mean, maybe I'm asymptomatic. Like, yeah, you know, but I'm like, this is bullshit. How is she negative? And I'm not like, we've been sharing drinks. We've been together for the last three days, like straight flying next to each other. Couple makeout sessions. You know, and you know, like, how do I have it? She doesn't. This is bullshit. She's like, can you smell? Can you taste? Yeah. Um. So I'm like, this is horseshit. So I'm like, yo, if I go back tomorrow, maybe I'll be able to still fly out. You know, we'll book it back a day. So now I'm a little panicky. My brother's like, dude, you tested positive. Like, you're like flagged. Like you can't fly. You like this is also we don't know what's right, right, what's wrong. 
Yeah. In my head, California's be calling me, asking me where I am. Like, I'm like, dude. I'm going to jail if I fuck yeah, it up. Yeah. 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 Like, I've heard of that. I've heard about people getting to Hawaii, not quarantining, and then, like, yep, well, here's here, hold this. Here, well, didn't, hold this fucking $5,000 fine. Yeah. Didn't they tell you something? Like, it's a big fine if they catch you. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, if they catch you not quarantined in California, they told you they were going to fine you, right? Or something along no those lines. No one ever said anything to me about that. I'm just going off of like what I've heard or the scare tactic or. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, I'm not quarantining in LA. One, I can't afford it. Like, what am I going to just blow money just fucking sitting in a hotel room watching like basic cable? Like, no chance. Like, worst case scenario, I'm driving across the country in three days. And I'll quarantine at home playing video games. Like, that's the worst case scenario. So I make a few calls, call some people. Shout out. I got the homie Rich Schaefer. I got, uh, I got, a, a, you know, somebody on the Suffolk County Board of COVID kind of overseeing my drive across the country. And I, I was checking in with them and, and you know, um, Obviously, minimal stops, kind of like Greg Jones said. Um, so I go take the take a, a second test uh, at Carbon, same place I said I was positive. Me and my lady rent a car and we kick it back home. You know, so we're in a, we're in LA, right? It doesn't fucking rain in LA. It is downpouring. My lady's a little Filipino girl, so it's like a double like whammy, and she's driving. It's downpouring. It's twenty nine degrees. It's like thirty six oh, yeah. island. California's crazy cold right now. It's really like, cold, bro. This couldn't have been like this is the complete worst scenario, right? So as we start driving towards Arizona, start sleeting, right? Hail, like what the fuck? We tried to go into like use a restroom because we both had to pee. McDonald's, nope, can't like not open, only drive through. So we had to, like drive down the road and like pee on the side of the road. Then we get going. It's snowing now. We're in Arizona. It's like midnight. My lady's like, tire pressure just came on. What? She's like, tire pressures came on. I'm like, I don't know. I guess maybe it just got colder. Like, we, you know, the molecules in the tire went down enough to flag it, you know. I'm like, is the car pulling? Like, oh, the wheel it pulls a little bit. And she's like, I think I have a flat tire. I'm like, no, we don't. Like, just keep going. So I'm like, if you want to pull it, like, with an attitude, if you want to pull over, like, pull over. I don't, like, whatever. Right? She just pulls over. The speed limit on the highway is like 70. Big track trails like, vroom, vroom. we're parked. We're like pulled over the side road, like in the settings of the hills have eyes. Yeah. Like desert, like weird rocks and shit. We get out. I check my side. Yep. There's one over here. I'm like, you're kidding. In my head, I'm like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's a girl. Get over there. It The rim's sitting on the fucking ground. Like, fuck. Yeah. I've never had to change a tire before. Really? So I've never had to. You so never- I'm like, 
So she's wow. like, do you know how to change a tire? I'm like, I know how to change a tire. And I knew where it was. <laughs> like, like, an, like, like I've done it like five times. Like I've done it 10 times. I fucking put it in. Jack, she's being a little bit of a, I don't think the Jack goes. I'm like, just like hold the light. Man, woman, I got this. Like just hold, like I'm, I'm irritable. It's oh, fucking, it's so, 29 so, so wait, degrees. You were like snowing. that, you were like that dad me. Just hold the fucking flashlight. Just yes. hold the fucking flashlight. Yeah. Just hold the flashlight. It's snowing, right? She's trying to help. I'm just, I, when you help, there's no light. Just hold the phone, you know? So I'm doing whatever. Uh, get the tire on. We're on a donut, right? We're driving. So as we're driving, she's like, how fast do we go on a donut? Like, how, you know, I'm, so I'm looking up all this information. So it's pretty much don't go faster than like 60 miles per hour and don't drive further than 70 miles, per, 70 miles. We were doing like 70 and we drove it 150 miles, right? Then we get to, before I'm like, all right, this this area will do. We're kind of near the Grand Canyon in a, in a town called Williams. Um, so on the way, I'm calling hotels. Hey, do you have a vacancy? Hey, you have vacancy? Nothing, nothing. I called nine hotels, no vacancy. In a, my lady called like six, nothing. So I'm like, and this is where Arizona. We're in Arizona. It's 22 degrees out now. We slept in the car. Like. Like, obviously, the car would be on, we'd sleep, we'd get kind of hot, turn it off, like, just on and off. I'm like, so my lady wakes up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, like, we should keep driving. I'm like, we can't. We have to wait for Hertz to open up. So we take the car there. Hopefully, they change our tire, whatever, you know? Like, nothing's open. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Where are you going to go? Like, we're already, this tire, I don't, I'm sure it could go 300 miles, but with our luck so far, this month, this donut's gonna pop too, right? With that being said, too, so we're driving and I'm calling it Hertz too before we shut it down. I was on the phone for two hours on hold before my phone just like Hertz just hung up on me, I guess. I'm like, what if I was like dying? Dying. Yeah, yeah, what if this was really, really bad? I guess then dying, it'd be like, you call 911, you fucking idiot. Yes, but like, I don't know. Like, let's say this car was like not working. Yeah. You know, like what? Like, I was pissed. So we get to Hertz in uh, Flagstaff and we're like, hey. So wait, Arizona's Arizona's closed or open? They're closed down, right? Uh, Pretty open. They were, yeah, I think they might have been one of the states that was open, but I remember they had a pretty high COVID number at one point. Yeah. So our flag staff, we go to Hertz. We're like, hey, here's what happened. They're like, uh, you didn't buy the insurance for the car. I'm like, there was a bubble on the inside of the tire. How is that my fault that it fucking popped? We didn't hit anything. We didn't like. There's a bubble on the tire. It was going to pop and like, this is on you guys. I was like, you didn't get the insurance. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You gave me a faulty fucking car and it's my problem. Like, you didn't get the insurance. Like, let me talk to the manager. So this guy comes out, fucking gave him the same shit. He's like, well, I can give you like a a $50 credit. That should, you know, that should cover 
the tire. And my lady's like, yeah, they're like 50, 60. I'm like, they're like 80. Yeah, used tires, like 40 bucks, a new tire. Right. <laughs> so, and the guy's like, just get whatever you can get. Just get whatever you can get. What guy? The guy from the Hertz? Guy. He was like, yeah, you got to get the match tires. Like, just get any tire. Like, whatever. So, like, all right. So, we go get the tire. Tire's $80. Right. Then, so, we're trying to turn. So, now we're at breakfast waiting for the tire to get fixed. Our results come in from the second carbon test. I'm negative. I'm like, you motherfucker. It did take some stress off my shoulders in terms of like, let's say California called me like, where are you? I'm like, I could be wherever the fuck I want. I'm negative. You know, like, uh, and I'd have to keep calling my guy, but I still couldn't fly to Cal or Hawaii because I think if you, it's like 14 days from when you tested positive. Doesn't matter if you test negative the next day. Well, even like, that, you you had hit me up and started giving me the details originally. I was looking for COVID tests for you. I had my sister looking for – we were trying to find the specific Hawaii protocol COVID test because you couldn't just get any test. You had to get specific. Right, you need a PCR test from approved uh, – so, so you saw that one thing that came out right after your thing is the WHO or the, the WHO said if you test positive for COVID – you're not positive. They were like positive for COVID. The new guideline is two positive COVID tests and having symptoms. Wow, I didn't know that. So you're telling me this whole time, none of us probably even had it and we just got fucked into this whole situation. When did this come out? Um, Maybe like a week ago, two weeks ago. I said, and wasn't on the news, wasn't on anything. Go to the Who's website. Boom, it's real. I said to my sister, she was like, that's not true. I sent her the article, like, linked to it. It's the truth. The World Health Organization said, one positive COVID test doesn't mean you have COVID. It's like, what? We're right. What? And then it's like, yeah, two positive COVID tests means you have COVID. Plus, you got to have symptoms. So then and I'm my sister-in-law is, like, kind of telling me, like, no, Dennis, you probably have it. Like, it's more positive that you get a... False negative than a false positive. And I'm like, Brady, I fuck. Bro, when I just went back to New York, I, w I didn't see my nephews. My sister would not let me see my nephews without going and getting the test. And I was like, and I started showing her articles. I'm like, I'm not going to get a test. I have no symptoms. They are telling me. Well, you like you. It's hard to get a test. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go can't get a test for free without any symptoms. Right. If, if COVID is so deadly and real, I'm actually putting myself at risk with no symptoms going to get checked. Most of the people there are probably getting checked because they have symptoms. You know what I mean? So I'm like and then I started showing her the, the articles and I'm like, they're telling the government, the who these health organizations are saying. I don't need to get tested. I have no symptoms. Like, what are we doing here? You know? And my sister was like, just no. If you don't want to go get a COVID test, you're not coming over. And I was like, all right. Waving to my nephews through the windows. <laughs> face, you know, being outside and having to FaceTime and stuff. Because I know. But the chances, I guess, of you getting a false positive or not a crazy number, like one in 10. Is that the number? Because remember, like when we had weight on, there was a point, and even realistically, it's am I, I either have it or I don't those have. Those were the those were the first tests. This is a PCR test, so a little more thorough. PCR tests is so there's rapid tests, which is I guess like a quick little like. Well, no, that's what the article said too. It said 
one positive PCR test does not mean you have COVID. Two positive. And it wasn't uh, rapid. It, it was PCR. Two P- right. They like went to that point where it's like, no, a thorough, our most thorough test, you need two of them and symptoms. So do we cut this overall number in half or, you know, there are 400, whatever, 400,000 people died, millions of people have it. Is that the real number? Yeah. No, no fucking chance. No fucking chance. Deadliest disease in the world. Deadliest disease ever. Kills point, you know, point zero zero one percent. So we tried to turn this drive across. We're not going to Hawaii. Let's try and make this trip across the country like kind of cool. So I'm like, let's go check out the Grand Canyon. I've been there before. It's very beautiful. I've yet to go. Again, it's like 27 degrees. So we drive like an hour and a half out of our way. We're two miles from the Grand Canyon and we get to like dead halt stop. I'm like, and it's inching, it's inching, it's inching. But we've been waiting in the car now for like 45 minutes to move like a quarter of a mile. Like, dude, this sucks. So we kind of like pull off at like a little like, uh, like uh, information center. We go in there and there's like tour guides in there and shit like that, like a Hummer and that will drive you around the Grand Canyon. So we go in there, check it out. And the guy's like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's 150 bucks per person. I'm like, fuck off. I'm not paying that. But he's like, you know, unfortunately, it's like a two hour wait to even get to the Grand Canyon because the roads are icy and cars are spinning out. I'm like, I rented this shitty like Sentra. I don't know if we're going to make I don't want to get up there. This thing, like, again, with our luck, we're not making it there. You know, so we're like, all right, let's cut our loss here. Let's get out of here. What's this place called? Barizona, where you drive your car through this like little uh like a little path and they have like Cajun wolves and bears and fucking bison and shit like that. Yeah. Kind of cool. Uh, so so you, then you, we stayed. Your trip was, your trip was almost like Murphy's law. Like whatever's going to go wrong. Yes. Will go yes. wrong. Yes. And then you, and did, we started, we started making decisions off of that. I was like, just going to say you and your lady, I know her, she, you guys both were probably like, well, let's, this is going to happen. Like, no, this is going to happen. This could happen. It will happen to us. So, yeah, yeah. so then we stay the night in Phoenix, get us some, you know, little BBQ. And then I'm like, babe, let's try and go to Nashville, spend New Year's Eve in Nashville. I think that would be pretty cool. Wait, I got cool – uh, all right, all right, because it was New Year's. Did you guys at least do some sex on this trip? No, not really. No. Yeah. I don't know what – was, was, was in the back of her mind the whole time? She's like, he's got COVID. He's got COVID. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not letting that dick near me. He's got COVID. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, like after driving for like over eight hours, when you get to a hotel and you're shut it down, you're not like, "Thank you again, Greg." Yes, you know? Greg Jones said he had to run out. Practice yeah. went a little late. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him later. Oh, but even like when I was bullshitting with him before, he was like, "Anytime you need a co-host, anytime you want to do anything, he's down." So. And even and even he was like he said he wants to do more content. I was like, I don't know how to work it all, but I got some equipment. Yeah. So, so we start heading through uh, Texas to try and get. We were going to go to Arkansas, crash with a high school buddy, and then go to Nashville the next night. And I'm on the phone with my buddy. I'm like, Hey, man, we're coming. So we're about 45 minutes past El Paso. It's 29 or 20. It's like 27 degrees. It's snowing. There's like four inches of snow on the ground in Texas. I'm like, and I'm looking at like New York. It's like 
35. I'm like, this doesn't – how's it colder down here than it is where I'm from? I came on this trip to get in the heat, you know? So we're about 45 minutes past El Paso. We come to some traffic, slow down, dead stop. What's going on here? No service on my phone. It's about 4 o'clock, 4 p.m., you know? My lady, we're now we're, we've been in traffic for like a couple hours. Like, what's going on here? You know, my lady goes on. She has like one bar, so she goes on ways. You know, there's like a message area. Yep. Someone said that they spoke to a state trooper. The state trooper told them to hunker down for the night. Like, what? In the traffic jam, hunker down. Yes. Snowing like wild. So wait, in what part of the country? Texas. Texas. Snowing like wild. Texas doesn't. It snows in Texas? I thought it was fucking hot. I don't know it snows in Texas. So. Oh, wait. It doesn't snow in Texas. When Dennis goes there, it does. Yeah. So I started even going through AM radio stations. Kind of, what the fuck is going on here? Turns out a tractor trailer jackknife 15 car pileup. We didn't start moving again until 3 a.m. So how many hours? How many hours? In traffic, just how many just going to sleep? How many hours till you move? So Wait, you started at what? Ten hours till you moved. Started moving. Yeah. Then it was like two hours of like slow moving and like going around because people like ran out of gas. People fucking got stuck. You know. So it was like the wild wild west. Even getting out of you know that shit. Past the train, it was dude. It was insane. So even and like, then, uh, we couldn't make it to uh, Nashville, like for New Year's Eve. So we went to my buddy's place in Arkansas, crashed with him, and did you know a little New Year's Eve? Yeah, we never even we never even talked about it. I didn't realize where you spent New Year's Eve. You spent it in Arkansas because I was telling you come to Florida, bro. And it was like yeah. a, you were like, I'm not gonna make it in time. I'm too. I'm just too far. You would have made it like a day after yeah so and then the next day we went to nashville uh checked out now for a couple hours how was the drive show we just kicked it home 13 hours how was the actual drive you know because you never how often do you sit behind a wheel for right i mean i don't mind driving but i've driven you know from new york to upstate from long island to pennsylvania multiple times and like the roads are all the same. When you're on the Midwest, though, the speed limits are 80 at some spots. Yeah. Or 70 and just really cool mountains. And, you know, it's and, – and and driving cross country and watching some of these sunsets and sunrises is pretty cool. Bucket, bucket list worthy for sure. We got the, the burned children in here now. But, like, man, I – I didn't know what it would be like. I've driven, so I just drove to Florida recently, and that's why I was asking what the drive was like. I was in the zone. Like, I drove straight through. Yeah, no, you get in the zone. Uh, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Before I knew it, I looked around. I, was, I looked at the clock. and like, I was like, oh, shit, I'm in, like, Georgia. I'm, like, here almost, you know? Like, time just. Yeah, so I've done uh, Long Island to Florida. I drove the flares. Um, what do you have at the time? The Cherokee. Yeah. And, but now, what uh, you, you did? Were you by yourself? 
Yeah, I was by myself. So I drank. I took like an Adderall and I had an energy drink. I was just like, yeah. Actually, what I did was I had just downloaded Spotify. So I started making playlists. <laughs> by the time I got down to Florida, I had like. I was so hopped up on G Fuel that I drove straight through. Seven, it's an 18-hour drive. I had, At one point, I had like a three-hour traffic jam, so it took 21 hours. I, that's why I asked you. You didn't move for how long? I didn't move, not an inch, for three hours. Uh, tractor trailer went off the road, and that, it wasn't a big car pileup. It was a tractor trailer went off the road, like snapped in half. So half the tractor trailer was off in the bushes. The other half, like, fell in the middle of the road on its side. Down, yeah. On its side, like some craziness. The... The one car that was involved with the accident had to be emergency airlifted, so people were updating that in the ways, you know, like, yeah. we're not we're not moving for a while. There's a helicopter coming. The road's covered with, like, feathers. It was like a pillow, a pillow, uh, an 18-wheeler moving feathers or pillows or something, you know what I mean? So that, that was... Chickens? No, but there was feathers everywhere, like, just everywhere. So they're, like, sweeping up. Well, as even I finally started moving and got up to where it was, they're, like, sweeping up these feathers and stuff, and I was just so hopped up on GP. By the time I got to Florida, I was like, what are we doing? Like, I'm ready to go out. I'm not sleeping. I'm ready to go. What are we doing? You want to train? Like, I was so... I just wasn't even there. But shout out to G Fuel. G Fuel in Wawa's. G oh, G Fuel's here. They're in South Florida. They're everywhere. There's Wawa's everywhere. Every Wawa has G Fuel. At least to my knowledge. Every Wawa I stop in has G Fuel. So you're doing good, Cliff. You're doing good. Not you. Maybe, I don't know what Sal's doing, but... Maybe you too, Sal. Maybe you too, Sal. Nah, both of them. It's like, yo, you know, especially for you, I'm sure you'd be like, man, this is cool. It's cool to see that. You know, like I told you that one day, we haven't podcast since that I walked in. You, you were like, you should have asked that lady to redo it. Remember the lady was in there, like buying, some lady was buying all the G Fuel for her son. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that stuff's good, right? And she's like, my son, kid's obsessed with it. Won't stop. He's like, I can't even play video games without G Fuel. So I was like, get more, get more, you know? Yeah, it's good. She got like six cans. And I was like, man, right afterward, I was like, I should have videotaped that and sent it to Cliff. It would have been a great clip. But you know how it is. So even like what we did last time when we did the Gilbert and Chaz episode, as soon as we ended, a bunch of fighters came in and were like, oh, you want me now? And I was like, no, nah, we just wrapped up. So I'm sure that's going to happen here too. But we'll end this so we don't have a crazy long episode. I don't even know what the next fights that are, are that are coming up, but we'll preview them. We're back on our shit now. Like Dennis put me in check. Dennis put me in check today, and he was like, "Tuesdays I podcast. Stop trying to make me podcast on other days, or I'm coming down there to fuck you up in my gear." So now, so you're a one stripe white belt. Ah, last time, oh my god, last time that's what you you were like. Um, did you do the sex, Chaz? And all the little kids were in here. They, yeah. Because you can't see anything that's going on in here, you know? Right. And then Chaz didn't even care about the kids. was like, I do the sex all the time with my right hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, like, that, I guess that's why Gilbert was, like, covering his face. Because it was, like, 17 kids all right there. They were all like, what's, what's the sex? That's how you got here, little guy. But, yeah, and even that. Uh, I don't want to bother Gilbert before the fight, but I might because Gilbert's the nicest guy in the world. Maybe I want to redo that episode, if you will, because that episode sucked with Chaz and Gilbert. They just couldn't hear anything. All you could hear was the loudness that the room picked up. Well, we can't ask them the same questions. 
No, but we could tell. I remember last time we talked to you about the Poirier fight and the Southwet and uh, Connor. So we'll, we'll end the show on this. What'd you think of Connor McGregor? Like how, like, you know, for me, I'm a big, you know me, I'm a big Connor McGregor fan. That was tough. It's the fight game, man. And he kind of said how it is. I mean, just. Like, had a good game plan and it just wasn't I mean, that's, that's, like, could Connor beat him on a different night sure like I like Dustin Poirier never met him talked to him a little bit through messages and he's a, seems like the nicest guy in the world is a big is a, is a big Dennis Budas fan but like, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't rooting for Connor in that fight you know but I wanted Dustin win. Eh. We're obviously going to get Dustin on before we get Connor on because Connor's very hard to reach. But, oh, even that, yeah. When he started doing all the media, I'm like, man, Dennis, we should have shot that shot. I didn't realize he was doing so many interviews. We definitely would have got him. 100% I think we would have got him. Some of the shows that I saw him do, I was like, damn. But oh, work. last time shows? Yeah. Just was mailing him in, just mailing out interviews. But we'll work on that in the future. So here at Sanford... They got a barber here who cuts hair and stuff on Tuesdays. Things are good. I saw here. that. It looks awesome. Looks amazing. He cuts good hair too. So this is gonna be my new barber. You gonna get edged up, bro? I've got two haircuts in Florida, and they are terrible. They are terrible. So if you like, you want to tape up, you want to fade. They don't even know what they're doing. They have no clue what they're doing. So no the clue. barber at Sanford is he open up to public or just for fighters? He has his own spot. He said open to the public. Maybe we'll get him on next week or something and give him a little plug. But got his own business. Comes here on Tuesdays. But episode 103, it was great seeing you, Menace. Likewise. As always, hope you have a great week. And uh, I'll see you next week. Or maybe we'll maybe we'll hang out unless I catch COVID on the drive back or something. And then you don't want to hang out. Right. Sounds good. All right. You're the man, Menace. Well, see you later.